0: It's Thursday, October 6th, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, I'm back with another shortage report. This time, butter. Plus, sleep tourism is apparently a thing now. And Velma from Scooby-Doo is officially super gay. For real, this time. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. Well, it's that time of year again. With the holidays imminent, the supply chain is going to once again be straining under the pressure of increased demand. And the first product poised to be on the chopping block? Butter. RIP Southern Holiday Meals, the butter shortage is coming just in time to strip your traditional family recipes of their most holy ingredient. Butter prices are up, and experts say they won't be going down anytime soon, or at least not until after the holidays. CNBC cites the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis for average prices per pound of butter. In January, it was $3.67 per pound. Last month, in September, it was $4.70, over a dollar increase per pound. According to the Wall Street Journal, grocery prices overall rose 13.5% over the past year, which is the largest annual increase since 1979. Butter on its own rose 24.6%, one of the sharpest increases of all basic groceries according to the U.S. Labor Department. What is driving the price of butter up so high? Demand is part of it. Demand is especially high in the northeastern U.S. right now. And on TikTok, there's a new trend online called Butterboards. They're like cheese or charcuterie boards, but instead of cheese or meat, you slather soft butter onto a board with a sort of oil-painting look and then coat it in salt, various spices, oils, honey, maybe some small nuts, dried fruits, or edible flowers, and everyone dips their warm bread or crackers into this butter confection like a dip. It actually does look pretty cool, and if done well, I can imagine it being delicious. So, I get the trend. But no, this time, we cannot entirely blame TikTok. Butterboards haven't taken off that much to seriously affect demand. Senior VP for Land Lakes, Heather Anfang, told the New York Times that they blew past their forecast this month, but it's too soon to tell how much an effect butterboards are really having. Although, anyone making a butterboard is certainly paying a premium for that butter. To unravel the cause of this spike in butter prices, we have to go all the way to the source. Dairy cows. Now first, there's the extreme heat that spread across much of the United States this year. Dairy cows are particularly sensitive to heat, eating less, and producing less milk when overheated. Peter Vialnio, chief economist at the National Milk Producers Federation, told Market Watch that usually when this happens, dairy farmers buy more cows to expand their herd. But cows themselves were more expensive this year, as was the overall operation. Due to the war in Ukraine, corn prices have soared, meaning feed for the cows is more expensive. And then you've got rising labor costs, transportation costs, all making it difficult for dairy farms to keep up their usual production numbers. Further, quoting the Wall Street Journal, "...shifts in global trade patterns have taxed butter supplies. Since 2016, the U.S. has imported more butter than it exported from countries such as Ireland and New Zealand. That dynamic reversed in 2021, with U.S. exports this year through July surging 30% versus the same period last year, as higher butter prices in foreign markets earlier this year made U.S.-produced butter more attractive, according to federal data and dairy economists." Dairy executives and economists say rising costs are pressuring manufacturers' profit margins. Prices for cream, a key component of butter, have soared in recent months, with some butter makers opting to sell cream to manufacturers of goods, such as ice cream, rather than churn it into butter. End quote. And interestingly, Americans are apparently eating more higher-fat dairy products like sour cream and whole milk or 2% milk instead of skim. I guess in recent years, we've really gotten over that turn-of-the-millennium fear of fat. We're also way more into cheese as a nation, quoting MarketWatch, U.S. cheese consumption per capita is growing around 1% to 2% each year, according to the USDA. Cheese exports from the U.S. also increased, particularly in economies such as South Korea and Japan, end quote. And here's the thing, cheese is higher up in the pecking order when it comes to milk allocation, Quoting again from the Wall Street Journal, In the U.S. dairy industry's hierarchy, bottlers typically get first dibs on milk, then manufacturers of goods such as ice cream, yogurt, and cheese. Much of what's left winds up in butter, exacerbating the squeeze for butter churns in periods of short supply. That's especially true in recent years, as dairy processors have brought new or expanded cheese plants online, boosting demand for milk to turn into cheese, dairy executives and economists said. End quote. The and the way butter production works, according to Phil Plored, head of market intelligence at Everag, who spoke to dairy herd management, is that farms and processing plants try to make most of their butter in the first half of the year and store it to meet the demands of the holidays late in the year. According to Plored, usually by May, there's 155 million pounds in inventory growth. But this year, they ended at 123 million pounds, 34 million pounds behind the average stocks build. Overall, right now, or as of the end of August, we had 282 million pounds of butter in cold storage. That's a lot of butter, but it's down from 362 million pounds this time last year, according to Fox Business, and as the Wall Street Journal says, our current stores are the lowest they've been since 2017. So what should we do as consumers? Well, some stores have been running occasional sales on butter because with the higher prices, people are already buying less and turning to alternatives like margarine, plant butter, and oils. So you can look out for a sale and maybe buy just a little bit more than usual. Don't go wild and buy out the whole store. In fact, many stores are limiting how many units per customer can be bought when they run such sales. But since prices are expected to continue going up through the holidays, you might buy some extra sticks of butter right now to get you through holiday baking. Butter keeps fine in the freezer for up to a year. And you can try new recipes that don't require butter. Dairy-free alternatives are all over the food blogs, and you can also turn to older recipes from wartime or the Depression era, when butter was rarely available. Those recipes frequently use vegetable oil or shortening instead of butter. You might even have some family recipes that have been passed down the generations like that. I know butter makes very rare appearances in my grandmother's recipes. But if you do go that route, just make sure you are following a recipe or researching how to adjust for making substitutions, because the melting point and other factors can differ between butter and more oil-based alternatives. I gotta say, this butterboard TikTok trend is coming at a fairly inconvenient time. Maybe we can try to make the trend investing in dairy cows or learning how to churn your own butter, get all the homesteaders and cottagecore influencers involved. It could happen. This past weekend, I was visiting family and ended up sleeping on an air mattress in my dad's in-home dark room. Yes, he built an in-home dark room. It was a retirement-slash-pandemic hobby. But like any proper dark room, there is absolutely no light that gets in there. The window is blocked out, and there's even a curtain that covers the door so hallway light can't seep in. I don't know if I have ever had a more solid several nights of sleep, especially on an air mattress. You know, I tend to think I am a pretty good sleeper, but man, not having the sunlight naturally wake me up or even just getting total darkness at night without street lights coming in through the curtains seriously makes a difference. And actually, I mean, I have slept close to that well before when I've stayed at hotels with a combination of excellent beds, thicker walls, decent climate control and legitimate blackout curtains. I still think back so fondly on those nights of deep rest that I wasn't completely shocked when I learned that some hotels and resorts have created entire suites and packages centered around sleeping. It's a growing trend called sleep tourism or sleep vacations. CNN Travel spoke to sleep researcher and co-author of the book Sleep for Success, Rebecca Robbins, about this new focus. Robbins points out that hotels, at their most basic purpose, are for people to have a place to sleep. Yet increasingly, hotels have focused on other amenities and experiences that take away from sleeping. And it's true, there are some pretty cool hotels out there. I've had countless trips where I've been a little disappointed I haven't had the time to take advantage of everything the hotel has to offer because my travel itinerary was packed with out-of-the-hotel activities and I was really just returning there to sleep. And I think that's how a lot of people's trips play out. Either you're working and off doing that all day or you've scheduled a bunch of excursions and restaurants and attractions all away from the hotel. Robbins and others suggest that the pandemic has largely reoriented our priorities around sleep, or at least some probably more well-off folks. 40% of participants in a 2021 peer-reviewed study noted that their sleep had gotten worse during the pandemic. And more discussion broadly over the last few years has revolved around sleep hygiene and the impacts of lack of sleep on anxiety, depression, stress, longevity, and more. So now, the idea that you might take a vacation just to catch up on your sleep, not to see the sights, is catching on. And luxury hotels are more than happy to offer their services. Hotels in London, New York, Sweden, Portugal, Thailand, Switzerland, and more have tricked out suites with things like innovative soundproofing, customized pillow options, blackout curtains, weighted blankets, meditation tracks, pillow mists, and bedtime teas. The more serious programs partner with scientists to design their offerings and even offer multi-day programs that help customers learn more about healthy sleep techniques. And of course, there's a rise in digital detox retreats as well, which ask customers to put their devices in a safe when they check in. And while the pandemic has certainly exacerbated the trend, Covetour earlier this year named sleep tourism as one of the biggest 2022 travel trends, it was on the rise before the pandemic too. Voters posted a roundup of recommended spots for sleep vacations back in 2019, and Well and Good reported on the emerging trend in 2018. And while these more curated programs are definitely just in the luxury sector, Robbins says more hotels should be thinking more about sleep hygiene for their guests. Even just leaving a pair of earplugs on the nightstand, she says. And personally, I am all about this. I hate returning from a supposed-to-be vacation even more exhausted than before I left, which is so frequently the case. Taking a trip solely to catch up on sleep, away from household distractions, sounds amazing. I'm not going to be hitting up a five-star resort in Sweden anytime soon, but somewhere with blackout curtains and decently thick walls and nothing on my agenda, sign me up. Even though it's been unofficially true in many fans' hearts and minds for generations, it has now been made canon. Velma, the bespeckled brainiac from Scooby-Doo, is gay. A tweeted clip from the upcoming Cartoon Network special Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo shows Velma totally losing her cool upon catching sight of new character Coco Diablo, an apparently very clever, effortlessly cool animal lover with long, bleached blonde hair and giant glasses. Between Velma's blushing cheeks, fogged-up glasses, inability to finish her sentence, and the guiding swell of background music, there is no ambiguity in what's happening in this scene. Unlike the ambiguity present in various Scooby-Doo adaptations over the years— There's all the eyebrow-raising references and euphemisms in the original series that got the lesbian community claiming Velma as one of their own to begin with, and then a few years ago, James Gunn, who directed the 2002 live-action adaptation, confirmed that he tried to make Velma canonically gay in his film, but the studio kept watering it down. The movie even originally featured a kiss between Velma and Daphne, albeit in a body swap scene, but even that got cut. Hayley Kiyoko, who played Velma in subsequent live-action adaptations, is openly gay herself, although she wasn't publicly out when she played Velma. And on Tuesday, following excitement from the viral clip from this new cartoon, which Kiyoko is not involved in, she tweeted, quote, I remember booking Velma in 2008. It was my first big role in a movie. I also remember thinking, I wonder if they know they hired a lesbian as Velma. Here we are, 14 years later. End quote. The closest to breakthrough studio suppression was the team behind the early 2010s animated reboot Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, which strongly hinted at a relationship between Velma and her friend Marcy Hot Dog Water Fleech. Series producer Tony Cervoni confirmed Velma's sexuality in an Instagram post, but it was never made explicit within the text of the series, to my knowledge. In a Pride Month post on Instagram in 2020, Cervoni hinted at the difficulty of being more explicit at the time, writing, quote, We made our intentions as clear as we could ten years ago, end quote. According to the Washington Post, in this new Halloween special, Velma admits she's crushing big time to Daphne, and Autostraddle, the queer and lesbian media outlet, explains the plot is kind of an enemies-to-lovers trope, with Velma falling for the villain. Which means this is not a one-scene gag. Velma's crush is the whole plot of the movie. Autostraddle calls it, quote, basically a lesbian rom-com. Autostraddle also adds that the setup of this new Halloween special is that the Scooby gang is investigating who makes all the masks they're always pulling off bad guys at the end of each episode. Pretty hilarious and meta setup, I'm into it. Director of the news special, Audie Harrison, told NPR of Warner Brothers' reaction to his plan to feature a relationship between Velma and another female character, quote, "...from my perspective, they were very supportive of this direction for Velma's character from day one, and never seemed like they were too worried about how it would be perceived, which was very refreshing," end quote. Definitely refreshing, and based on online reaction, more than just a fact, as Harrison brushed it off in another quote. And while I always appreciate filmmakers who say they didn't think the queer representation they wrote into their shows and movies was a big deal, it can sometimes be equally frustrating to hear that. As if a long line of filmmakers before them weren't turned down for trying the same thing. As if there were enough other shows and movies with gay characters that this wouldn't generate headlines. Still, the excitement from certain corners online is palpable this week, with the teaser clip I mentioned already being viewed over 6 million times on Twitter alone. And even Google is celebrating. If you Google Velma, the results page gets showered in rainbow confetti and lesbian pride flags. Oh, and one point of clarification here. This animated Halloween special is unrelated to the upcoming adult animated HBO Max series focused squarely on Velma, written and voiced by Mindy Kaling. That series, called Velma, is being billed as an origin story for the character. And while the plot details are largely unknown still, it seems like Velma will be sufficiently queer in that show too. Live tweets from the TV show's account while at New York Comic Con this afternoon, where further cast members including Constance Wu and Sam Richardson were announced, include, quote, Warning! Velma the series is a show for adults. It has murder. It has crime. It has me kissing people. Don't make this weird. End quote. And quote. Is NYCC the mecca of smart hot girls or is it just me? End quote. So yeah, safe to say Velma's not going back in the closet in any iteration of Scooby-Doo. Trick or Treat, Scooby-Doo will be on HBO Max and Cartoon Network on October 14th, or you can pay to rent it now from Amazon. Velma, the adult series, will debut in 2023. That's gonna be it from me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. valentine's day duncan's got the perfect pairings to show your love so get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit duncan refresher with a cupid's choice donut are you ready for love america runs on duncan price and participation may vary limited time offer